Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. I'm Megan Gardner. And I'm Alan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from San Antonio, Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. We have a couple of our uh, previous guests back. That's Megan and Alan. Hey, you guys. What up? And uh, I think they're in it for the full ride. I think they're I think um, so. right. Is that right, guys? Yeah, we're Facebook official, girl. Yeah, All right, there we go. We're Facebook official. <laughs> and thus, the the fellowship of the collateral gaming was formed. There you go. So yeah, no, it's exciting. You may notice we're skyping on this episode. We're actually FaceTiming. Um, Dakota and I are in the studio. Uh, Megan and Alan are over at their house. It's You're, all uh, due to some very serious pandemic that we recently had to deal with. Exactly. We're we're quarantining. We're social distancing. We are doing the our due diligence. Our due diligence. Exactly. The, the appropriate thing. The responsible thing. That's what I was going to say. Um, Being respectable citizens, you know. <laughs> yeah, with COVID nineteen going around, I mean, you can't be safe enough, um, right? And, and so you can't judge our audio quality because it's going to be shit. But it doesn't matter because we're, you know, safe distancing. Yeah, right. I think I think I think people I think people understand. Anyway, yeah, we don't have Bo here, so he's not even here to really like mix our audio live. So our our audio might be janky. I don't know. We don't even care. Fuck it. Um. But yeah, no, we've got a lot of cool things to talk about today. We're not just going to sit here and talk about coronavirus. There's plenty of that going around. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, one thing that it kind of um, has had an impact on, though, and, and I do want to touch on, is the impact that the coronavirus has had on gamers, which kind of leads us into our next segment, right? Yeah, that will be our collateral gaming news. News. <laughs> So, um, what news do we have in the world of gaming? Well, as previously mentioned, we are in quarantine. We have a COVID-19 going on. So, kind of what's what's going on with that, um, I think, is it's honestly giving gamers some more time to return to their craft, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good time for gamers to catch up on those I want to games that are just sitting on the shelf getting dusty. Um, and to clean and organize, you know, like it's, this is your time to, you know, make your station or, you know, your, your, um, entertainment center, whatever you've got, make it what you want it to be, you know, make your space, you know, set yourself up for after quarantine, after this craziness goes down, you know, and definitely progress 
on the games that you've always wanted to progress on that you just haven't really had time to catch up on. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not everyone is able to work right now, and that sucks. It's, you know, it's hard to make bills fit, but I know, like, the authorities are working on that. But you know what? We're we're essential, right, Dakota? We are. We're we're essential. Absolutely. So that's why we're we're, we're doing our job straight from home. There it is. Um, and you have to listen to us because you have nothing else better to do with your lives right now. <laughs> You're all quarantining, and if you don't listen to us, then that's your problem. We're doing we're doing our part. Okay, exactly. we're providing content. For y'all to listen to during during this boredom season, I think it's a good time for gamers not only to get more time to game, which given us a lot more time to game, you know, right, a lot. <laughs> you know, maybe start a podcast, start streaming, start doing let's plays. I mean, that's something that we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, start leading into, right, guys? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's long overdue, I think. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, you know, that's that's unfortunate an unfortunate consequence of you know shutdown. But obviously, what we need to do is that E three was canceled. Right, yeah. E3, a lot of things were canceled, not just in the gaming world, but in just the real world. So the E3 had to be canceled. I mean, that was just a... had to. There's too many people in one place. There's so. too many people, and you have to social distance, and there's... Yeah. And that's not the worst of it, right? No. No. <laughs> Uh, also, they're going to be delaying The Last of Us 2 indefinitely. Um, I know that they're kind of trying to send everybody home. They're trying to just do their, do their due diligence um, to make sure that they keep everybody safe. They're canceling E3. Um, and then I've heard that a lot of um, ga- gamers' favorite shows as well are being uh, delayed or canceled and just they're shutting everything down. Yeah, yeah we got to keep our devs safe out there because without our devs, you know, we're just gonna be playing the same old hot pots of shit, really. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I hope there's some devs, maybe some indie devs out there who can work from home and, um, you know, maybe maybe make a little bit of money back during this time. And um, yeah, well, we'll have we'll have better games. Okay, we will have better games. Movies too. I mean, we had a few canceled movies. Yeah, we we've had, had the unfortunate pushback of the entire MCU. Yeah. Um, the entire now upcoming MCU movies are being pushed back to their next time slot. So, uh, Black Widow was pushed to the time slot that I believe. Uh, what was what was to come after uh, Black Widow? What was Mandalorian? it? Mando. Mando. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that that took its time slot and everything in between has followed in suit. It's Black Widow and then the Eternals. The Eternals, yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know. Um, but yeah, that it's 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 sad, but at the same time, I think it's going to give our developers and our filmmakers more time to, you know, finish the products. So, in the end it may be good, and we're happy that they're not um putting themselves and other people at risk. Right. Yeah. On a lighter note, Another major announcement was the full specs of the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Right. Honestly, I'm a PlayStation guy, but I think objectively the uh, the Xbox is good, is the better console when it comes to hardware. But I'm probably still going to get a PS5 because of exclusives and, and their decision to focus on story-driven games. And graphics. That's right. It's just like there's a lot of thought to put into that because it's like, are you going to spend your money on something that's going to have better specs? Don't get me wrong, and you're going to have high processing, whatever it is. But then you go to your games that you can't play on that, like games like Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us, games that you're not going to see on Xbox and and, and God of War, the new game that we are talking about today. You like how we <laughs> slid in there? That's pretty good. Also, I mean, there are um, some Xbox games that um, I think are going to be good. I know we're going to be excited to get the Xbox 
I mean, I'm definitely going to buy both regardless because I'm I'm not picky. I'm gaming is gaming, okay? <laughs> oh yeah, no, uh, we'll definitely get both. I think just absolutely. I'm going to get the PS5 first, I guess. You know, because I can only afford one console at a time. Yeah, right. Probably going to buy them for each other, honestly. But um, there you go. I know. Uh, Gears of War is a great one on the Xbox that I'm excited to see some more development on. I don't think they're done with that story. Um, and also, um, they've got some other great exclusives that are coming out that I'm, I'm pretty excited for, and I hope we get to review those in the future as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do it. And, you know, if it requires us buying both consoles, we'll make sure it gets done because we want to make sure that we talk about the games that we want to talk about. But yeah, as, as per mentioned earlier, God of War is going to be our focus this episode. Uh, that being the 2018 God of War released on PS4, not right. to be confused with the original game on the PlayStation 2. God of War was developed by SIE Santa Monica and uh, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, it's it's a continuation of the God of War franchise, not a reboot, but in, in itself kind of a soft reboot because it's a huge new direction for the series. When it comes to story and gameplay, which we'll talk about, yeah, I mean, this game honestly blew me away. It's it's a masterpiece. And I'm not real familiar with the God of War franchise. I haven't played all the games. Just right. bits and pieces. Right, yeah. you. I saw you started the first God of War, didn't you? Yeah, um, in preparation. I've played, I've played the third one before, and I played this a long time ago, actually. And I, I remember not really enjoying it that much. And I know that was just in my opinion. I was young and didn't really play it much. So I don't know if, I, if it was a great game or not. But I absolutely enjoyed this one. Yeah, and uh, Megan, I believe that you said you have played, you know, the God of War, right? Yes, um, and and I actually did a couple years ago pick up God of War three again, um, and I definitely think this is totally left field, um, and I, I'm enjoying it. I loved it. It was it was something that I really really wanted to see as a God of War fan because I personally love Kratos just as a character himself because of his just brutal brunt being the way that he is <laughs> yeah I, I kind of enjoy the fact that we all have like like me personally i've never played any of them right and you guys play and you and dakota play the other and she, yeah you know you played like a couple of them like in the fan thrust series but kind yeah, of played I, a couple right I, played I totally remember completing kind of and finishing three like, I don't know why, but I, I played through the entirety of the third game, and I, I don't know why I played that one game. I didn't play either of them, but I remember not liking yeah. it. And I don't know if it was because it was hard or if it was just because it was just not my play kind of game. But now I could see myself going into that and maybe liking that. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I pretty much just played bits and pieces for this podcast. Like, I started God of War 1. I had played a little bit of God of War 3 before, and I, I started that one again. Um, just to kind of get a feel for it. I, I want to say it's probably not up my alley as much, but I mean, I would definitely go through the games. I'm not prob probably not, don't see myself, um, launching into that right now. Um, unless, you know, kind of, kind of relates to the podcast or something, but honestly though, God of War 2018 has me desperately wanting more. Like I'm ready for the sequel. This oh, game yeah. kind of just drastically changed. It, it's done what a lot of games have done recently. Um, you know, and this is kind of um, this is kind of a trend I'm seeing is a lot of games are kind of essentially soft rebooting, and moving to like an open world format, and also yeah. and changing you know series staples. Um, Zelda did it, uh, Assassin's Creed did it, uh, Mario did it, you know, to an extent with Odyssey. I, I, that's a trend I, I see going on. Uh, God of War's no um, 
is not excluded from that. Corey Barlog, I believe, the director, has uh, gone on record saying that it's not open world. But uh, it, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. it, it, we have an argument, a case that it, it really is. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess what I kind of wanted to get out here is that God of War was something that a lot of fans, and I, I looked this up, you know, kind of online and kind of got a feel in the community, but a lot of fans were kind of tired of it. Um, a lot of people who had played through all the interests of the series had felt, you know, I really don't need another God of War. We've, it's the same yeah. thing. Kratos is the same character. People didn't realize, just give it a little bit of time. We had the last uh, God of War 3 game back in like 2010, I think. So um, up until now, we have 28, uh, 2018. That's eight years between main series entries. You know, we're not talking about side entries and remasters. It's a lot of time. <laughs> but they spent a lot of time. I think, honestly, they had probably given up for the time being uh, and then came back a few years later, started work on this. And honestly, I think... I think I might have read somewhere that Barlog or maybe some of the other staff members had had like families now, and that kind of influenced this tone change. I think this is definitely something that we we needed in the God of War franchise, a good like soft reboot, you know. But it's like still continuing on his story. It, it's in the same continuity, even though right. it's called God of War, the same as the first one. Um, but it's supposedly, ah. it's taking the the series to what they're considering the Norse era, and that's the first major difference you'll notice about God of War is that right. it takes place in uh, Norse mythology rather than Greek mythology. Right, leaving God of War 1, 2, and 3 all in his past. His Spartan yeah, rage and all that. The original Kratos behind him. Like, as a fan of God of War um, originally and coming into this new series, I was very skeptical, especially, you know, after God of War 3, you're like, oh my God, like, it's the same thing over and over again. Like, I got very bored right. with the series. Um, even I, I love the story of God of War 3. I loved, especially in the beginning, you know, you go straight into action. It's not just, you know, oh, well, you know, story cut. Like, you go straight into into combat and you, you're escaping the heck of Conqueries. Um, so for going from that to this, you know, kind of in the beginning, it seems slower. It seems different. It seems more mature. Um, and it's a more, more mature Kratos coming into it um, was something very interesting for me. Because whenever y'all told me, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do God of War. I was like, oh, I haven't played this yet for a reason. And then getting into it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not the Kratos this that is, I know. Exactly. This isn't the Kratos that we know. And this is the Kratos that we needed. Because it was like he was yeah. wise. He was witty. He was he was funny. He was he got an old and he had a child so he was able to give that fatherly wisdom and boy you know boy. what I mean boy I mean yeah. it's just it's perfect there yeah the first thing you'll notice about God of War is that it's set in Norse mythology right the second thing you'll notice is that Kratos has a beard and a boy <laughs> a beard and a boy I remember seeing the original trailer and I was like Kratos is old less angry and he had another kid what the hell is going on yeah no it's wild. It, it it's probably been some like hundred odd years for Kratos. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time. I mean, he's a god. You know, it it did. I don't know how time factors for Kratos, especially in the series, but you can tell he's definitely come into his own and he's become the Kratos that he wanted to be. Yeah, this game is definitely a game of redemption, and its center focus, its central focus is get is you know the relationship between Kratos and boy. Can can we just get it out of our systems? Right now, we just have to. Yeah, we got to do it, all right? Just, just boy, 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 boy. <laughs> I am a god, boy. Yes, that's one of the critical scenes in the game. I mean, that that happens later on in the game, but I mean, it's just it's one of those impactful moments. 
Yeah. Yeah, this game is very impactful. Uh, definitely right from the beginning. Hits you right in the feels. Um, you kind of see Kratos. If you know anything about his past, which I had enough background information, you know, he's covering up the... I know I'm, I'm motioning and we can't... The audience can't fucking see, but he's he's taking off the band. He's putting on the bandages. I'm sorry because he's trying to cover up his past. He wants to forget being you know the ghost of Sparta, and you know he's kind of left that life behind. And he's taken on you know the fathership of Atreus. Um, they're kind of at odds at the beginning of the story. They don't seem to have, you know have as deep of a relationship as Atreus had with his mom. I I guess there's always been some friction. Maybe Kratos is away. I don't know what the fuck he'd be doing, but. Right. He's Went a, out for a pack of cigarettes. Never came back. Like, <laughs> more of a battle-ready warrior and not so much of a, you know, parents figures. He's trying to be more of a, a general, uh, yeah. so to speak, to his boy. You'll see as the progression plays out through the game, and we'll talk about that as well. It doesn't really coincide well with Atreus, and it just, it kind of falls apart for Kratos, but Kratos is trying to still cling on to him being a, a Spartan uh, warrior a Spartan warrior and a general and a leader. And, uh, and he's slowly becoming this father figure for his son. And it, he's trying to leave his ghost of Sparta past behind and it's not voting well. And it, it, it I mean, it, it eventually works out well, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, it was interesting to see knowing nothing about the series and then like doing some research and playing the game. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I've never played any of them. So it was really interesting to see and, and see the character developments of both of them, especially Kratos. Um, yeah. I, I like also how he, um, especially in the beginning of the game when he's getting frustrated with Atreus, you know, he's like, boy, you need to listen. And then he calms uh, himself I, down. Right. He, he looks at his arm and he grabs his, his bind. Um, he's, he's trying to, you know, push so hard to let that go. And that's something that you kind of watch throughout the game. Like anytime you see him really get angry or, or get frustrated with Atreus, you see him kind of be like, no, Kratos. And he grabs his binds and he's like, okay, I'm not that man anymore. I need to let that go. Yeah. Which is something interesting for me personally, especially in the beginning of the game when he, when he chops down the tree and Atreus is just asking all these questions, you know, being a curious boy as he is. He just like, and he looked at his arm. I was like, damn, that is not the Kratos I know. What is yeah. going on? He's been yeah. a lot more patient hundred some odd years. Whatever time has passed. Yeah. For him to grow a massive, and, beautiful and beard. I'm sure Freya had a lot to... to not Freya, Faye. Uh, Faye, Faye had a lot to um, influence him on that part as to becoming a father and not so much a, a blunt warrior. force general warrior. Which, you know, right, is upsetting to me. To to see as to why we didn't get to meet this Fay, and I would love to meet this this Fay person. Oh, yeah. or should we say Lao Fay? Lao Fay, there you go. Lao Fay the Just. Oh, that everything makes so much sense. Yeah, she's alluded wild. to throughout the entire game. And one thing is, is you know, at the end of the game, we'll just go right into spoilers. We're Might all over well. the place here. So at the beginning of the at the end of the game, you kind of see the the prophecies that are to come, and um, some pictures that Fay definitely had seen before, depicting your. Um, adventure throughout the game so she knew everything that was going to happen uh, the theory goes i think you, you were talking about it earlier the theory goes you know that all those gold markings that you see in the yeah. game is actually Faye walking the same paths that yeah. kratos and atreus would later walk which is mind-blowing if you you know if that's true <laughs> i think she set it up for them i think she was 
you know, something happened to her where she found out this information and she was like, okay, I have to think of every way I can help them because trouble is coming, especially, you know, in the beginning when you chop down those trees, there's that border around Your the family. Your protection spell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the border around the family and as you cut down the trees, the border the starts to break. The protection spell breaks and that's when that you meet the stranger. fucking asshole Balder, the Balder. stranger, comes into play. Balder? Yeah. Balder. Yeah. Balder. Yeah. Boulder. Did you throw him like a fucking boulder? <laughs> Who is uh, casted by, uh, well, say casted by, but motion picture and voice acted by Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies, yeah. And he does a great job. I mean, that's it's a very convincing performance there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I backtracking just a little bit, but um, I, I really do like how, like, you know, if that theory is true, you know, Faye is with you every moment of the game. And it only gets better even when you kind of replay the game, which I, I kind of replayed the beginning a little bit. Um, Dakota's doing New Game yeah. Plus in uh, Give Me God of War mode. It's miserable. It, it is. I mean, every... every, <laughs> every no, honestly, every enemy is a challenge. And I beat the game, and I beat the Valkyries. I beat everything, and I got pretty much everything highest level I could get. I did everything, uh, nay, getting all of the Odin's Ravens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like That was about the only thing that I missed. And so I was pretty high level. So I go to start this game, and I'm like, I fight the first few Draugrs, and I just, I die. I'm like, okay, maybe I was just a fluke, you know, I wasn't paying attention. So I try again, and I fight them like I would, like, an actual boss. And it's like, oh, shit, I got to pay attention to the way you, you're fighting these guys, because normally you could just hack and slash them, but you can't now because they have so, so much damn health. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Give me God of War mode is hard. Be- borderline impossible without New Game Plus. Sorry, were you going to say something? I- Quite, I found quite refreshing was compared to the last game that we played, which was uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I found quite refreshing that like you couldn't, it, it, like there was boundaries. Like even if you crossed a log or jumped over something, you couldn't just fall to your death, which I found was a little bit easier, but yeah. also kind of frustrating at the same time. Because when you get like Dakota said, you get into those boss fights you and you're rolling around doing goddamn barrel rolls all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you can trap yourself and get fucking stuck, and it's kind of frustrating sometimes trying to dodge these attacks. You can't, you know, block them or disrupt them like we could in Fallen Order. Those, like, you'll you'll see like the red circles will come up, and they're, you know, unblockable attacks, kind of like Fallen Order. But you can't disrupt them. You just have to literally dodge and move out of the way because if you don't, you're gonna get fucked up. Like the first fight with Balder with all those fucking trees. Yeah. That got. Time I was like, why, why? I would try and guard, and then I'd get like get myself stuck on a tree, and then he'd do like a bunch of damage, and I'm just sitting there like, leave you're me trying, alone, yeah, go away. And, I'm tired of your shit. Stop. Try and bring up your shield. Nothing works. You literally have to. You have. You have to, to dodge. dodge. You have to dodge. Yeah. You're gonna get fucked. And yeah. If you get fucked. Well, we're gonna get frustrated and just rage quit and break our screen. <laughs> right. It's very much you have to your your defense is your best offense in this in most cases. And just like Jedi Fallen Order, they have the 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 attacks that you cannot block, which you mentioned, and then the attacks that you can block, which not only can you block them, usually if you upgrade your skills later on, you can block and do another another ability. You can parry the, the parry and do damage to it, which is fantastic. Yeah. I found Atreus is very very useful. If you do not utilize Atreus, you are going to get stuck and frustrated 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. He is yes. your greatest ally in the, in this case. He is very important. Just spam that square, dude. Just spam it. That's my favorite <laughs> gameplay mechanic. The boy mechanic. Just because he can't hunt the deer doesn't mean he can't you know, throw out that stampede effect 
of his arrows, his light arrows and his electric arrows and, and get those enemies down to where you need them. Exactly, because he doesn't have to do a damn thing. He just shoots and it does it. Yeah, and even yeah. while like Kratos is taking damage or is stuck in a combo or mid-combo, whatever, whatever Kratos is doing, Atreus can still fire those arrows. Right. Which is you know what what makes the boy mechanic it also kind of brings the story together in a way because in, in a sense you're playing as Kratos and Atreus you have a dedicated boy button the square button mm -hmm. so you're kind of playing as both of them at the same time and this game you know like the last of us i think kind of brings uh that that idea of a cooperative adventure but still single player right but you have a companion you know the entire game um seems like yeah. a game that could be you know, multiplayer, but you know, that's Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter. You have to utilize your companion to the fullest effect to get progression through the game and to like beat your bosses. Cause it's like, I found myself dodging nonstop attacks from the boss and I had to completely utilize Atreus because, you know, he's an NPC. He can't die, but Kratos can in, in while you're playing anyways. And, um, I used Atreus fully 100% to use to take all the aggro away from Kratos to defeat my enemies. And it was really tough sometimes. Um, yeah. It, it was just a little bit more refreshing. I mean, it was just as tough as some of the other games that we played and reviewed. It was just as tough, but it was refreshing to, you know, use an NPC that's on our side to help us take that aggro away to try and, you know, clear these missions and progress forward. Right. Yeah. I, God of War is definitely a difficult game, even on the regular difficulties. It uh, is. And always have been, if you're used to the God of War style, the previous games, you're going to have to, at least for the first chunk of the game, you know, readjust your fighting style because Kratos goes from the Blades of Chaos or the Blades of Athena to the Leviathan Axe. Which is hands down the best weapon in the game. You can get the Blades yeah. of Chaos. You get, I mean, not like you can. You do. You get the Blades of Chaos later in the game. It's kind of a huge reveal. It's a cool thing. But you still end up having to use both weapons in conjunctions because some enemies are weak against the axe. Frost power and some enemies oh, are weak man. against the that blades. Fire or burn power. And then at some point, you just get to, you get to the point where you're using all four of your runes because you get two runes in each weapon. And so that you just spam that on every enemy and you save. And then by the time you come back to the <laughs> other weapon, you've got your runes again if you have low cooldown. I mean, it's just it's perfect. Yeah, we definitely yeah. in in game you learn to just spam your spam your rooms, spam your axe runes. Okay, switch. Spam your blades runes. Okay, now your axe runes are back. <laughs> right. This is Rinse like repeat. It, it, I don't know. I, I get so many vibes of different games in this game. It's like when you brought up The Last of Us, I just thought about it. Like it's like the la It's like a it's like The Last of Us, but like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because of like the the attack style, you know. But it's also like I don't know like. Dungeon Warriors, because you're just fucking up enemies all the time. It feels like you're just, because you're just a god, you know? But you're not really destroying as many enemies. You're just more like this is overpowered motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. There do I see my mother. Oh, there do I see my father. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. Oh, there do they call to me. That bow's a little big for you, isn't it? My mother made it for me. Said I'd grow into it. Find your way home. 
You are free. We're taking your ashes to the highest peak in the realms. Ashes? It was our last wish. Where must we go? To a realm beyond your own. There's only one person who can get you where you need to go. They call me Mamiya! Smartest man alive. First, you need to cut off my head. Wait, what? That axe you got. You gotta handle her special. I know you're a god. Not of this realm, but there's no mistaking it. He doesn't know, does he? About your true nature? Or his own? The longer you wait, the more damage you do. He will resent you, and you may lose him forever. You're next! I'll rip your head off! There are consequences to killing a god! Why? How do you know? How do you know? Power. This weapon, any weapon, comes from here. But only when tempered by this. I discipline the self-control of the one who wields it. Open the door! We need your help! This is no ordinary illness. The boy's true nature, your true nature, fights within him. So I'm a man now. Like you? No. We are not men. We are more than that. The responsibility is far greater. Can you kill something that big? Yeah, you, you, there's a great sense of accomplishment. Um, the game is hard on its own, but whenever you do master it, you know, there's this finesse. Kind of like, yeah, like you guys said, we keep comparing it to our last game, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, but it kind of has that same feel. Um, and Like with BD and everything, like, like how you have that companion with you. You're right. Um, and and I, bring, I brought it up in the last podcast, and I'm bringing it up again because it's a, it's a big game of example, especially for gamers. I mean, it's a legendary fucking game. It reminds me of using a follower as bait in Skyrim. Um, just to kind of help you get through the game. And also, as a player, I mean, I, not necessarily alone, but you're not fighting through this fight alone. You're going with your boy. You're going, you know, you're not just, you know, oh, well, duh, duh, duh. I'm fucking, like, um, what's his name? Isaac in Dead Space. You know, he's alone. He's completely right. alone. It, it goes out of his mind. It's nice to have a companion to go through your story with you. It is. It's important to have that, and important to have that dialogue as well, not just with, like, you know, enemies, but having that dialogue with someone else, like a, a friend, someone who with, with you who's a travel, but one that you don't actually need another character con to control, in which, in this case, you actually do control him. You do, and, yeah, there, there's a lot of cool mechanics with that and some puzzles right. that require you and boy, and I kind of like a lot of, like, the Leviathan Axe puzzles. Where oh, yeah, you? those are just some of the best. I think the puzzle solving is one of the things I also really just enjoyed about this because it wasn't... I, I wouldn't say they're usually too difficult. There are a few difficult ones. Like, getting all the fucking runes for some of those chests were pretty difficult, not gonna lie. Yeah, I just couldn't find them. 
Oh my goodness, the bells throwing her axe, timing everything. Really? See, I didn't have the timing problem. Those were yeah, easy a, for me. That was hard for me. My too. problem was finding the damn seals that were hidden everywhere. Like I went pretty much found every chest in the game, and I and when I just had so much trouble finding those hidden seals. That's when I had to consult a walkthrough maybe once or twice to find you know some of those uh, seals on the Nornir chests. Yeah, um, like finding those things, runes, finding the bells, timing everything. Like I spent like a good. 30 minutes one time trying to find one of them. Yeah, see, you, you know? haven't even been to Niflheim yet. <laughs> <laughs> Niflheim, okay. No, we, we, uh, we tried to get through, you know, just the main storyline of the game just because we thought that we, you know, especially this game throws you another left, you know, field kind of thing. Um, the game, you know, says exploring. That's not something that I've experienced personally before. Right. I know, like, in Zelda... Um, Twilight Princess, you can kind of go, go back into the game a little bit and, and, and run around and, and make, you know, make enemies and go play around. But this is an actual game where it encourages you to explore more. Right. And this I is one of those games that it's not, it, it's like I said earlier, it's not open world, but it is. It's open world in, a, in fact in which you can explore and, and, and go to different places and it's, it's, it's open. I would say the concept. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it almost has the concept of an open world, but it still has a pretty a lot of story. Like restrictions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to kind of piggyback off of what you guys are saying, is that yes, the majority of the game you do have control over Atreus and everything like that. But there's a certain point where you hit a story like mode, uh, a story uh, uh, chapter, and you complete that, and then Atreus just turns into a fucking asshole. Yes, and I remember that. It upset us, like mostly Megan over here. It upset her so much. She's like, I can't deal with his bullshit right now. We're going to have to go to bed and come back the next day. I know. And try to rest through this because I'm so sick of him talking back to Kratos. Oh, so and bad. He- and it foreshadows it too. You know it's coming. This evil Kratos, I mean, this evil Atreus is coming. You're like, fuck, he's turning into his dad. He's turning into a god. He's getting pompous. His little piece of shit. Like, I want to knock his ass out. He's <laughs> bad. <laughs> So yeah. Mad. I he was, was so ready to knock his ass out. I was bright red. Like, I was like, why is he being like this? He needs to understand that he's a god, but it's not just, you know, being like the other fucking gods. What's he going to do? Become the next Odin? And Alan literally took the controller away from me. He was like, you're going to snap your controller in half. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, how dare this son disrespect his father after everything he's done for him? I was so mad. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. Uh, as soon as uh, Atreus finds out he's a god, which is, like, I gotta say, like, the best scene in the entire thing is when Kratos reveals his past, you know, a, a little bit, not all of it, but he says, you know, I am, he reveals his nature. He says, you know, I'm a god boy. And then that's an empowering moment, but, you know, not not that long thereafter, Atreus becomes a little prick because he gets overconfident. But it's part of the story. Um Oh yeah, and it's like I, the major role in the story and, and who Atreus is, and I and I think a little foreshadowing who he becomes to be. Yeah, maybe because supposedly he's he is Loki. Is his you know was the the name yeah. Loki is the name that his mother, who was a, a frost giant, a Jotun, uh, Fey Laufey, gave to him. Um, and you don't find that out until the very end of the game. It's one of the, you know, big, big in reveals. Yeah, that, that, that's really quite a thing because, you know, we think of Loki, we think of the God of Mischief. He's mentioned in, obviously, the MCU. You've got, or the Marvel Universe, you know, Thor. Brother. Brother of Thor. Uh, in that universe, yeah. but not in the mythology and not in right. this game. Um, Loki is mentioned in The Mask, I know. 
So uh, he is right. So he is of three different, you know, origins. He's got your Jotun, so he's part giant, he's part human, and he's also part god. Yes. And it's crazy. You got this demigod sort of Jotun thing coming on. That that's where it comes from. The story of of Loki at least is at least human in uh, Jotun. Yeah. So like Loki from the from the Marvel universe. I don't know if that's like Loki from mythology, but I'd be willing to bet yes because we saw the commonality here. But the idea that he's he's part Jotun, or actually yeah. in the Marvel universe he's full Jotun. All right. Um. But. Odin, like you know, Odin raises him as as a as guardian. Yeah, yeah I think that Which is I think God. that of course, you know, there is going to be some depiction because it's not following mythology per se. Um, this is this is Kratos's and Fae's boy. Um, so it, it's a little bit different. I think that you know, in progression, you know, if there is another game, I think that the God of War devs are going to make their own story of their own Loki that kind of follows mythology, but also follows a little bit of a path of Kratos. Um, because he is Kratos' son, you know. So it's, I think that he's going to teach him. You know, you you're you're not the man that you have to be prophesied to be. And I think that could eventually become the end of Kratos. Yeah, right. I yeah. Think there's like foreshadowing that's gonna because we saw at the end there when he, they're going up the stairs of Jotunheim and and uh, uh, what's curtain. his name? What's his name? Uh, Atreus. He touches the wall and it crumbles and it, and it shows all the uh, carved out depictions and, yep. and the the prophecy of them too. And at the end there, uh, Atreus doesn't see it, but Kratos does. And then Atreus holding Kratos in his arms, um, it looks like he's dead or dying or some form of Right. Like it's that. a lot of foreshadowing for a new game. They, they give us multiple points. Um, not only is there a post credit scene, but there's also many points in the game where they do depict that there is going to be a sequel to this. There is going to yeah. be more. Yeah. And we, we yeah. are absolutely certain. I mean, I've already seen, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Freya, who was a companion for a good portion of this game, ends up becoming against you because you and Balder fight and you end up, you know, fucking Balder up and killing his ass. Yeah. yeah and but so fuck Balder. Fuck Balder. Um, <laughs> but like, so Freya, at that point, of course, being the mother that she is, she, you know, defies that and was during the entire battle trying fucking with you both because they didn't want you to fight with each other but anyway th they don't like each other anymore and so she's probably gonna end up being some kind of i don't know i don't know if she's gonna be the the main villain of the last next no game, i think the villains of the next game are gonna I, be the norse gods it, but yeah it's just gonna be the norse gods in general really and kratos is gonna once again be forced to basically kill the norse pantheon i think but instead of on a quest of vengeance it's gonna be just a matter of circumstance of the situation and him and atreus together um I think, because you know, we have this theme of that this, and, and it's it's expressed in this game. This idea that sons kill their fathers, um, and it repeats itself in Greek mythology for sure. Um, and you know, there's kind of that hint that, uh, like I said, like like you said, the cave paintings almost seem to suggest that Atreus might kill Kratos, um, and. You know, it's going to be a matter of circumstance. I think really, Adrian is going to be forced to have to kill his father, it, or it's discussed, right? Top of the mountain, and he. Atreus had shot his own father with the electric arrow, or at least yeah. the electric arrow. Uh, and we were like, what the fuck? Right. I, but I disagree, actually. Yeah. Um, because if you remember, in that scene with Freya, um, she sits there and holds Balder, and she watches Kratos crumble to be this vulnerable character, and he's talking to his son saying, boy... We are not going to repeat this. Cycle. Well, he says the cycle. The cycle will end. Yes, and he fucking yeah. kills Balder. So I agree with you. Yes, I think that that. Um, and I was I was trying to, I guess, say that, but um, I think that the that the cycle will end, 
and that Kratos will end up laying his life down. I think for, for Atreus, giving his life voluntarily. And then, you know, from yeah, then I, on, moving into the probably the next era, Atreus becomes the focus of the I think they're going to get series. three games out of this, though. I don't think that Freya's going to become an enemy because she watched Kratos talk to him and say, you know, like, this is not the man, this is not the gods we're going to be. We're going to be, you know, good, honest gods you know we're not going to be these pompous you know assholes like like the, like the atheist yeah, yeah like like this was you know like odin. like odin is um and, and they leave Freya it a mystery they do and and you can see her her demeanor softens in the background and her and kratos it's a very subtle part but you see her and kratos nod at each other like they always do so they come to an agreement and she i think she starts to understand like okay i think balder with this with the scene, I think this had to be done. Right. Um, well, I, I think but at the same time, if you go back to the witch's hut, actually, Mir will say something. It's kind of funny. And it is not necessarily a game changer, but it's another line. Something along the lines of, you know, what, what is she doing in there? And she's like, oh, probably planning your demise or some shit. Yeah. I, Freya, I mean... Okay, we have that tenderness. We have her become, like, a really awesome character that we love. You know, like you said... Um, but they do they leave really it connect. ambiguous at the game. They but, really at the end. Well, I don't know. At the end, she says, like, I will rain every terror upon you. And I think, personally, and I think this would be this would be the, the worst twist, you know, in, in the worst way, would be that um because Kratos killed her son, she's gonna go after Atreus, even though and it'll be heartbreaking for him because he and her really developed a bond more so. Um, but there was that moment of acknowledgement with, you know, with, with between Kratos and Freya. But Freya and Atreus really got along, and so it's going to be strange for him to have to overcome her as an enemy at some point. Maybe she won't stay an enemy, but she's going to be an enemy for, you know. No, that's and what I I'm think thinking. I think she may want to pursue that I, kind of justice think, and go after Atreus. But I think that we will fight her, but she's not going to be the main protagonist right. of the next. I think we will fight her and maybe make amends, or we're not going to kill her for sure. No, nah, it's going to be Thor, and then Game Three is going to be Odin. She'll be a secondary antagonist. <laughs> yeah. I think I think she'll kind of be aggravated still, but I think she'll come to her senses because Freya is very understanding, and and the whole time that they were in that scene, Kratos and Atreus were defending Freya, and she once once they stopped everything, once the fighting finished, she understood it. Um, and she saw that Kratos and, and Atreus were fighting for her. Um, I think that there's going to be a disagreement, kind of like with Brock and Sindri kind of thing, where they have this time of disagreement. But I, I think yeah. they're really going to have it developed in their, in their relationship because Kratos and Freya, you know, being his parents, I think they have that mutual bond. And I think that Freya will become, you know, definitely a, a better motherly figure. I wouldn't say better because I'm sure that Faye was a great mother. But... I'm sure she might use that against him a little bit. Yeah. To try and turn Atreus against him, but right. she'll come. To she'll they'll they'll all come to their senses and be friends again. But I think you definitely will at least fight her at least once. Maybe. And and you know, then everything will just kind of kind of smooth out between them. And you'll see more progression in the next game towards their next goal. Yeah, it might be like in the MCU, kind of how um, they're all fighting against each other in Infinity Wars, yeah. and you know they're very angry with each other, yeah. and then it, they come or, together uh, for this Infinity War, uh, Civil, Civil War. Civil War. I was thinking war, um, uh, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna kind of have a difference and, and battle each other, kind of like Tony and Cap do, and kind of under come to an understanding with each other. I. I 
now that y'all kind of speak of it, I do kind of see, you At know, least one battle. I, I see a battle where it, it comes to a seat. Well, right, and yeah. the beauty of this game, the beauty of this series is, is well, I guess it's just this game in general, is the speculation that we can get and, and how far we can go into believing what's going to up to come because we're so hype. Because this game brought a lot of hype and you wanted to keep playing this game. I couldn't stop. Oh, for- like I was so I started and I was so glad we we're in this quarantine because yeah. I did not want to stop. I played this game like a week. I was hooked. I was hooked like a week. It and was, I was like Fallen Order. It just it just took me in and it's I just yeah. was in for the narrative. And and oh, the story was amazing. I mean, we had amazing performances. Um, for the first time, you know, uh, Terrence C. Uh, Carson Terrence C. Carson um, has been replaced. Um, he was he's previously did the voicing. Uh, voice performance of Kratos. Now we have Christopher Judge. Um, he's actually known from Stargate SG-1. Yeah, I remember him. He's, he's, the, he's the, the black guy from SG-1. Yes, the, the gold on his forehead. And he, he does the voice and yeah. motion capture oh, performance. Now, yeah. the reason for this was, supposedly, was that um, he actually had just all this chemistry with Sonny Selegic, you know, the, the voice and uh, motion capture performance for Atreus, that it just worked. Right. Not only that, but... I think they knew that they needed to replace the actor because they were going for the motion capture and they needed a bigger guy. They needed right. And they wanted a different Kratos. A Kratos that's just a different person and having a different voice kind of conveys that because I think it was time for I don't, that. I don't know if Carson would have fit in this game. And he was a great voice actor for Ragey Kratos, but it's really difficult to imagine him doing um this just perfect balance that 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 Judge does. It's just like between, you know, the the held back rage but control and him being a redeeming character yeah the, the mature kind of Older. the kratos that we're coming to see this, this yeah. developed man that's right the, the badass motherfucker <laughs> really you know the differences between you know after all of his consequences i mean all of his consequences is play, are played out he he is completely destroyed everything that he's known and he's jumping into this new realm and he, and he has, you know, a new family. Um, and I think it's, it's Kratos is kind of like coming to age story, um, but in his own way. Because especially, I, I know I keep touching on this, but it's just because they're so different. God of War 3 was just this, you know, it was a coming to an end for, for that series. And I felt it. And I was really, really worried about this new game because I was like, Kratos' story seems done. You know, he's, he's done everything that he wanted to do. Um, so watching him kind of mature into this older gentleman that has a, an understanding and a depth is really, really intriguing, and it captures you. Like, you feel for Kratos. Right. Like so, well, he goes... Feel for him. He goes from a static character to a dynamic character. A character that right, was static yeah. for, like, what... Eight set seven games, including like so, the side ones. Right. For from from the old games to this game, what do you what what differences do we see? Like like not just in story, but like, like story and gameplay. And gameplay, it right? Because you've got your yeah, you've got your over the shoulder first, per, the third person camera view, which you mentioned. I don't know if you talked about it. Not we talked about it earlier. Yeah, but. every previous God of War game had uh, the fixed cinematic camera, right. which worked yeah. for those games, but now they've switched to the more traditional over-the-shoulder third-person camera, which uh, helps the player... Um, it's a better format for this more open-world approach it's that they're going. Better, you know, uh, what you call it? it uh, format. Yeah. It doesn't feel... Kind of the... The original God of War series kind of had its own like arcade kind of feel 
Yeah. Um, in, in its own storytelling way, I think that it, it, it brought its own involvement. Um, it's not as arcade anymore, especially like, um, and, and I think the biggest, that's my biggest memory of God of War 3 is, is fighting, you know, um, the fates, uh, the final fates, and, and doing, you know, the hectongeries and, you know, finally getting, you know, done with Azena, Azena, Athena and Zeus. <laughs> uh, I might as well call him Athena. Um, Warrior Prince. <laughs> um, watching, you know, go from this arcade like, oh, let me use my blade to I'm going to throw this fucking axe to your forehead and freeze you. Like, right. it evolved into this own open, I'm not going to say open world because I think it's a different concept. I'm going to call it open concept because um, it feels a lot different. It goes into like just straight, you know, like your t-shirt, like they can't see, but it goes straight from Panic of the Disco to Cohen Cambria. Good eye sniper, and then go straight back to the swinging blades. And I'm just like, all right, I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got a case for it. I guess maybe not quite open world per se, but it's more than just open. Because when I say think open or open map, I think like traditional Zelda games. I think like uh, yeah. Fallen Order. This game has that feel to it where you have a more explorable world and you have multiple side quests in addition to the main quest. Um, so in a sense, it's going in that direction. Um, there's not quite enough side quests, I guess, to, to make it open world. I mean, uh, the main, the main quest definitely does have, uh, more of a focus than I think it naturally would in a more, what's considered open world game. And but also parts of it are linear. Like one thing I really like about what the game does is it starts out completely linear, kind of introducing you to the concepts, getting you invested in the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. And then it opens up the map once you get to the Lake of Nine. Yeah. And it doesn't just open yeah. up the map. You get to this point where you, I mean, shoot, you finish the game and before you even, you know, decide to, uh, to, to do new game plus you already want to go back and unlock all the things that you know you left behind that you had to pass up all the valkyries all the all valkyries the, all the realms all the realms all the shit you have to do every single chest that you missed you know because you saw a you know a, a hellheim fucking vines over it and you can't destroy them with the all blades the of chaos that you missed in the beginning right so you want to go back and do all that that i think that that makes it up in world like the the idea of wanting to go go back through the map and re-explore I, I have no reason to believe that it's not open world, you know? It, it definitely becomes an open world game post-story and has the opportunity for that. Right. You know, it's during... Like, it's only open so much, and then we kind of, like, do all these side quests, and it folds right back into the main story, because these side quests really gauge the depth of the uh, main storyline, especially just toting the boat around... The, the the nine lakes and listening to uh, Mimir's uh, tales. Yeah, Mimir's tales are good. Mimir, I, I love I Mimir. Dock. We wouldn't dock until Mimir was done telling a story. Hell yeah, hands down the most informational character in the game. I want to take him around all the places that I feel like I missed his information. Like I was almost kind of upset that <laughs> we gave his second eye back because they yeah. kind of stopped telling stories yeah i hated uh, the realm i i whenever we would start teleporting i teleported so many times that they just stopped talking in that area because he said everything he needed to say about odin and shit and yeah. all the gods and it's kind of upsetting you, you know what is kind of cool in this game going to the nine realms that is really cool not all of them though and then the game developers let you know in the best way they could they did they straight up told you yeah this realm will never be accessible 
no DLC. They're probably saving it for the sequel, but you never go to Asgard, Vanaheim, or Svartalfheim. But you do, do get to, you obviously have Midgard, you have Alfheim. And you secretly get to go to Jotunheim eventually. You go to Jotunheim. Jotunheim. You got Helheim. You've got Helheim, which is actually not one of the original. Hell is usually a Niflheim, but you've got Helheim. Um, Niflheim. Svartalfheim actually is revealed in one of Mimir's off stories as uh, Nita Valir. They're one and the same. Right. Because the Nine Realms are never yeah. quite explicitly stated in the mythology, but they're they're guessed at. Um, and then there's Niflheim and, and Muspelheim, which are kind of your more challenge-based ones that you're really going to go post-story. Yeah, those are definitely post-story. They're, they're difficult, but they're more of just, I guess... XP farming so you can do New Game Plus. Yes. And Niflheim... <laughs> Except actually more so just so you can beat the Valkyries so that then you can do New Game Plus eventually. Oh, they're, the they're both fa- farming areas. You go to Niflheim, it's a maze, because I know you guys haven't explored this part yet. There's a maze that resets every time you go to it so you can always go and, and kill the enemies and loot the monsters, the chests. But the thing is, is you're constantly... You have a, it's a time limit. It's kind of like that... Uh, and Ocarina of Time, when you can only stay in Death Mountain for so long, right? Um, you have a time limit, and eventually it starts draining your health. So you gain uh, armor that kind of combats that effect by harvesting the loot in that area. Let um, be mystic. And there's a fucking Valkyrie to... in there, too. Right, and then before, there's a shop you can go to, so you Sindri's out there, so you can go talk to him. He helps you out, and you use him to buy loot, but you have to constantly keep going, and eventually you can fight... Of course, one of your Valkyries, which in turn finishes your side quest because you got to kill all the Valkyries, you know. And then there's Muspelheim, which is a, a series of repeatable challenges, um, culminating a in a v- Valkyrie. But they're they're like waves of enemies with like specific like rules. Right. To is, follow. It's like, is it rules and stages? So you go throughout Muspel, Muspelheim in different stages. You go up to this sword that looks kind of like Excalibur. Yeah. In the rock. It's Surtur's sword, I think. It is. It's Surtur's sword. Yeah, Surtur. Um, That's how you get Surtur's crest at the end. You can get a bunch of different things in there. It's pretty cool. I don't know about you guys, but it was so cool, like knowing all these characters, because I don't know that much about Norse mythology, but I know about Thor and the MCU, you know? Um, and so it was really nice uh, seeing, hearing all these names that, like, I knew about before, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I also kind of wanted to backpedal um, because this was a point that, you know, we did want to talk about, and I know we talked about it uh, free podcast. Yeah. Um, backpedaling a little bit. Um, I felt that these side quests were their own little stories that they kind of integrated in, which I honestly loved. Um, I, I found it very intriguing, um, and I loved how, you know, it was like, oh, well, Mother would want us to free these dragons, and Kratos is just like, damn it, you're right, let's do right. it. Yes. Um, so I think it's cool to, you know, like have these own little stories where you're like, oh, um, so this is this dragon and, and having Mimir there too. Um, you get to kind of experience this moment with that where he tells the story of, you know, um, what's his name? The one that has the, the cave. Fafnir? Fafnir. Um, he tells the story of Fafnir while you're freeing this dragon. Yes. Right. Um, and, and souls, you know. Uh, especially, you know, the son with the father that had the dagger. Um, you just have all these cool little stories underneath this big main story that kind of help build your relationship with your, your son Atreus, which I think is so cool. 
It's absolutely important and necessary to this game and, and future games. I think that, you know, while, while I was playing the game, side missions weren't very, very, I don't know, tedious for me. I, I didn't find them that way because I played throughout the game and I, once I got to the, you know, the circle, the Lake of Nine, I just wanted to explore. And in doing so, I just found myself finishing side quests and I didn't realize that there was a side quest, like actual, like, function until I had already beaten the game pretty much and I had Valkyries and Ash explained to me, well, go beat the Valkyries. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, like, this, is a side, this is a different side mission. Like, what? That just didn't make sense to me because I had already just gone throughout and killed all the dragons. And so, in conclusion, it doesn't feel like a chore to do side missions. Side I, quests are not a chore. No, and they're not. Like you said, Megan, like they're an integral part of the story. There's a side to Kratos and Atreus' relationship that right. you see. You know, and, it, and it, it's like you, you, you know, you guys said earlier, um, Kratos is influenced by Faye, and you can tell because there'll be moments where Kratos will do something and it will admit, I did this because, you know, your mother would. Right. You know what I'd like to see, though, is like the story and the um, slide missions that we did in this game may or may not affect the outcome of the next game. It's good. Yeah, That's kind of, kind of, of important. important. Same Mass Effect. Like your your actions and your character will carry on to the next one. Like freeing the Rachni, um in, in Mass Effect. You know, eventually they, they be, can become your allies, you know, in, in the final battle. I, I wonder if, if it does or because... I feel like this game wouldn't use, utilize that as much, as much as like a changing, more of as it expects you to do this and it will change in the fact, in the next game, you know, because it expects you to do all that it's stuff. Like, it's you like know? the canon storyline is that they do. It, it's, I don't see them taking that direction only because I know that God of War, the next God of War side game, missions, whatever too. they call it, God of War 2 again, or I think it's going to be God of War subtitle, personally. Subtitle, right. It's but, about time. Um, <laughs> I think that. Um, uh, it's obviously going to probably be on PS5, so I don't know if they'll be able to carry over that, but that would be interesting if they did. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, something that I, I was thinking about a little bit is um, you have Mimir with you this whole time, and Mimir is a storyteller. He's kind of like um, Yester in The Witcher. Um, he's oh, told, yeah. You know, of, of all these past gods. Um, I think that that could eventually, you know, maybe, you know, we Mimir somewhere or, you know, we, we've struck him a body or something, you know, <laughs> could be something down the road where, you know, those, those little bits of side quests turn into the story that Mimir tells about you. Uh, maybe something that we could see down the road, maybe, you know, right. in a, in a cut scene or, you know, something like that, where he's telling the story of, of these strangers, you know, the strange ghost of Sparta and, you know, Loki. Um, Atreus, um, and also something that I did want to bring up with with Atreus's character is something that um, that Kratos kind of touches on um, is how Atreus got his name. I thought that was so cool um, yeah. how he got his name from this warrior, um, and how you know Kratos really brought in his past in in his own way into his son, into his family life. Yeah. Well, um, I think yeah, th this game did a really beautiful job of. Explaining to to the the players that even haven't played you know prior God of War games that what has happened and what 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 he comes from so that you know what he is now so you can even sympathize then because like I said none of us have played that many of those games except for you Megan and so because of that we're able to to know kind of what he's like more so because we've we we we've learned it in this game we could see you know when he goes into the storeroom and he sees the 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 va the vase with his 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 picture yes. on it you know. Uh, and, and, and the moment when he gets the, the blades you know, of chaos again of and sees Athena, I yeah. think knowledge of the past games 
definitely enhances the experience and my experience would probably be enhanced more if I'd played them through right. but not necessary I think this game does tell its own standalone story that you can get and it the gives you enough it. information. it's a good entry point it gives yeah it is and it gives you enough information of the past games to know who yeah. he is now and what I what he's gonna be um, I think it was really good to kind of watch that because whenever he said I have to go home it kind of threw me for a loop I was like are we traveling back to Sparta <laughs> oh, yeah we're going back to Greece, like to his home. Yeah. Home. Oh um, yeah. He didn't know what he um, and then I saw him touch his arm, which I wanted to bring this point up personally, um, just because I loved the way that the original trilogy was with the blade. Um, I loved that fighting style. It really was. It felt very natural. Um, and I love the way that they brought this in. And I knew that Kratos was going to leave most of his past behind, but that, that's a piece of him. It's not just, you know, the blades anymore. It's, it's a piece of Kratos. It's a piece of the ghost of Sparta. Yeah, and I never played any other one. So pull all this way up through with just the axe. And then she's like, babe, check this shit out. And I'm like, what? And she just fucking give those blades a whirl. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. It's great omens for me for the, to the trilogy. Um, and I actually disagree with you guys. I think that it was necessary. I think it's kind of Kratos finding his way to shake off his past. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, just like, embrace it. Yeah, he's embracing it and, and coming to terms with it. And he just literally says, Athena, get out of my head. He pushes her out. And I think that's his final way to be like, this is who I am. These are my blades. And you have no say in this anymore. You're dead. You're gone. I am Everything's I, dead and gone. No one has control over me anymore. I, I'm not your monster anymore, he says. I am my own god of war. I killed the god of war. I am the god of war. Yeah. Yeah. It brings in this, like like we've been saying, it brings in this new Kratos, this new god that that's thrown himself into this new realm. Um, and, and I love how he kind of just transitions and, and brings that kind of forward. Um, and also, just I love the style of the blade. Uh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. my favorite part, especially whenever he first like takes them out and swings them. I literally screamed so loud I thought they were gonna get a noise complaint on us. Like, <laughs> I was so. Excited. Yeah, fucking. I was like, yeah. I was so happy. You know, I, I also appreciated um, the RPG elements because you could upgrade the blades and then up and upgrade yeah. the axe and upgrade your armor, buy new armor. That's a kind of a new a first for the series, um, and yeah. also actual leveling up and and uh, perks. Yeah, not just you, also Atreus and his weapon and, and his armor. He has Everything his own skill tree. Him, it, it it doesn't just take it and, and you can put runes in his arm yeah like right. you can enhance Atreus and it, and it builds on the foundation that Faye built for him to become the warrior that he's supposed to be which I, I love yeah I, I think that they're kind of going to be going that ways but yeah I mean overall the, the graphics and, and the presentation of God of War is I'm completely impressed um, I thought the cinematics were gorgeous. I thought the environments of all the nine realms were gorgeous. Uh, and the game itself was relatively smooth. Uh, you know, I didn't really notice any glitches or issues like right. with, you know, Fallen Order. And it's hard to really talk about this game because there's a lot to unpack. I mean, especially now that I'm replaying the game in New Game Plus, there's even more that I have to realize. And it's like a whole other game again. I want to know? replay this. It is. Yeah. And and seeing like now you have a shield, for instance, your shield you can change. And there's when you do New Game Plus, you get more like... Original shield. We thought we would get to, at least to see the original shield when we got the blade, but we didn't. Right. But also, to bring up the World Serpent is very key to all of us. Oh yeah, uh, Jormungandr. Yeah. 
who is Loki's son, by the way, and it it does work because does they work mention with, time travel. Yep, multiple times. They he was it. he is sent back in time when he and Thor clash. So still possible. And they show the world serpent coming out of Atreus's mouth or whatever. Yeah, they that. show that. So I think the Jormungandr, like in mythology, is going to be Loki's progeny. <laughs> I think so, especially just because the way. Even when you're going through the lake, like you always see the world serpent watching Atreus. Yes, always. He's always watching. With Mimir, he's very attentive and watching um, Atreus. And the first time that you speak with him, um, he just is already understanding of what's going on. I think he speaks his language at one point too. Um, Yeah, Um, and I think that somehow, you know, I think he's going to be an integral part in the next game, Um, and also. How quickly Atreus picked up his language. Um, it's a dead tongue. Only Mimir knows it, as, as we know so far. And we saw bits and pieces of him teaching Mimir some things that Mimir didn't even know. Yeah. yeah we like, what? That ending moment where he speaks the ancient tongue, just, just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. That boss battle, by the way, was amazing. Like, I, I loved what... Because this game doesn't really kind of do the uh, quick time events like the original God of War does, but that that boss battle was the closest it really gets, and I was floored away. I loved it. It's one of my top five favorite boss battles of all time, which we mentioned in our bonus yeah. round episode. Um, I, I just cinematically, mm-hmm. um, gameplay wise, I loved having to switch between the, the Leviathan X and the Blades of Chaos because uh, to match and, and uh, have that elemental weakness, otherwise he would be resistant. Like it was just a it was just an awesome boss fight. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Go ahead, baby. No, no. Go ahead. I was like agreeing with you. Like, <laughs> it was. It was definitely it, top five for me as well. It was just so beautiful. Like it was as a as a gamer, like watching that moment, I was like, I'm I'm playing this right now. As beautiful as it was, it was also really satisfying to snap. Oh yeah, dude. Yes. The first time you do it, when you break, finally finish that battle, just in the beginning of the game, when you break his neck. You're like, oh shit, that was satisfying as fuck. Is that what the rest of this game is gonna be like? <laughs> and then at the end, when he's he's weakened by the mistletoe again, per mythology, right? Baldur's only weakness is mistletoe. Um, and uh, you snap his neck, but I love how Kratos is willing to give him a second chance. You know what I mean? It's a very different Kratos. Um, he he's. You know, Baldur's trying to kill his own mother, Freya, and then, you know, Atreus and Kratos basically beat Baldur to a bloody pulp. He's weakened, and he tells him, he and she tells him to stop, and he's like, okay, fine, I won't kill him. You know, as long as you promise, don't hurt this woman, don't come after us again. And then Baldur goes right up, and she's willing to let him him kill her right but because i guess she thinks that that's the best thing that she could do for him and kratos says no you know the cycle ends here of you know children killing their parents and then just snaps balder's neck and it's an awesome scene it really is it's so beautiful they they it's portrayed perfectly because this is it's like you said the cycle is going to end this is where it was going to go to yeah it it just the cinematography and, and everything just the graphics everything just it just works so well together, and yeah. you won't get that out of an Xbox game. I'm sad to say I'm an Xbox fan, um, but PlayStation really ha- it has the engine to capture this and this entirety of the series and the game and everything. It, it really just yeah, put it, all the pieces together and just like really helped us grasp yeah, just Absolutely. the whole fight itself for me was very, it was so dynamic. Like, that whole scene was just 
it was a game within itself, honestly. It was. Um, just watching the dynamic of Freyla, you know, reanimating the Giants and, you know, just begging them to stop and begging them to stop. And she's hurting Balder in the process. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but anytime she would have those flame attacks, it would hurt Balder. She was hurting the sun. Right, yeah. Um, and, and it was so... <laughs> the compelling scene and it was just so full of depth that I, we literally had to sit down and just set the controller down and stop playing for a second i mean we just had to capture that scene because brain can just like appreciate that scene it was yeah. just it was pretty intense i started crying i'm not even gonna lie to you like that was, <laughs> it was the like the scene in the hospital for the last of us for me it was a tear-jerking scene oh god died. yes um it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh, my what God. What the fuck? Like, is this really happening? You know, Crumble is a mother, you know, and, and she's, you know, just she feels like, you know, she's still, I think, with, with Balder, her son kind of captured in Odin's wrath a little bit, especially because what she did to him. Um, and what and, he did to her. And, and, and what he did to her as well. Um, right. I think she. If you listen to Mimir's stories in the boat, you will understand all of that. Yeah. And, and I love that, you know that scene kind of brings an end, you know, to Balder's story. Um, because I think I think it was Balder's time, and I think he was so ready for it. Right. Yeah, and he, he was at that point, like, I think he would have rather died than continue existing. Um, you, interestingly enough, Balder's death in Norse mythology signals, you know, the beginning of Fimblewinter, the three-year winter, and then Ragnarok. And this game is, uh, it's the exact same thing. And in fact, Mimir mentions it because there's the prophecy. Um, after you defeat Balder and you go to Jotunheim, which is such a touching scene, um, and you come back um, and it's winter the rest of the game um, because it's the Fimble winter has started. And then there's that post credit scene where you see Thor three years later come back. So I think the next game is definitely going to take place three years later. Uh, I think... Unlike what that vision showed, I think Atreus is going to be a little bit older, and it's going to be very much more interesting. I think he's going to play a bigger role, right? Um, and I think we're going to learn more about his parentage. I think we're going to see more gods. Probably uh, uh, Thor will probably be, I guess, kind of the main antagonist, probably because Thor is a dick in this game. As much as I hate to, you know, to say it, uh, Odin's a dick. Um, all if, if there's anything you learn from God of War, all gods, all are, gods dicks. are dicks. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, I was surprised. I, me personally, I was surprised how we kicked both of those Aesir's ass. Oh, Maggie and Moody? Which were uh, Thor's sons, killed one, and then eventually down the other line, um, you know, killed the, him in cold blood. Killed cold blood. Yeah. And that shadow later on in Helheim. But we were surprised at that, and then we didn't see Thor at all until after. Yeah, the any repercussions. I thought honestly we were gonna fight before in this game. I thought so too. We were. I was like, we were ready to just like fight. Well, we weren't ready, but we were anticipating. You will in the Thor. next one. You killed yep. his sons. Yeah. You killed his sons. Definitely gonna be a lot more gods, and a lot more tough battles, and a lot more Atreus. Right. Honestly, I, I kind of disagree with you guys because I feel like they're trying to make a different path. Um, especially something that I wanted to bring up was that mural of. Uh, in in Tyr's sacred temple, the mural with all of the signs in it, where you see um, that Tyr had traveled across all of these realms, and you see pieces of the ghost of Sparta. Um, yeah. You see his on on the pot, um, and you also see some different um, characters as well. I think that there's more to just Atreus and Kratos, and I think Kratos was brought there for a reason, maybe by Faye, maybe by Tyr before his death. Um, but you also do see hieroglyphics, um, and you also Egyptian hieroglyphics. 
Yeah, Egyptian yeah. hieroglyphics. And you also see in the corner, you can't quite see what the character is, and I think that's some foreshadowing. But in the bottom right corner, there is another character um, because there's one in each corner. I think that there's going to be something brought up into that aspect as well. Um, and I don't think the God of War series is necessarily going to be just killing God because I think they're trying to take a new direction. Um, I think there might be the end of Odin um, and, and, and possibly the end of Thor, but I don't think it's going to necessarily follow that, that linear path that Kratos did because he wants to stop and end the cycle like he's been saying. He's going to stop like this... this needlessly killing god i don't know though it, oh i it's mean called god of war for a reason i mean but tears the god of war and Tyr right. was a god of peace and i think kratos is gonna um go in that uh pathway there are some people who believe that um Tyr uh, is actually like a kratos from the future sent to the past right or something i don't know about that um i think it would be kind of weird if he was like mimir or something i, I just i just out of the I left field but um I Dead. There is no fucking way. I honestly do not think there was a lot of foreshadowing and like evidence of Tyr, like his corpse, or you know, you're helping out all those other spirits. And there you was... don't see anything like Mimir never tells you how he died. Yeah. I don't. I think he found a way to hide himself, maybe in the realm between realms. But I necessarily don't think he's dead. Yeah. I think he's gonna come back. Um, and I think that also, you know, kind of backpedaling a little bit. Um, I think that they're going to bring in, you know, the greatest warriors of these other realms to bring Ragnarok. Yes. Um, and I think he's going to be a main part of that um, because you see how much he's traveled. I mean, there's no way that they're not going to integrate that Egyptian glyph in there somehow. I think there's something with that. And um, that mystery glyph you couldn't see. Yes. I think there's definitely more to that, that, that mural that they're not telling us. Right. Um, I, and I, I definitely think that Tyr is dead. I, I definitely agree with you. I do think that we're going to explore um, other other cultures and other mythologies, Egyptian, Japanese. Um, the series is definitely hinting that way. Actually, you know, rumor has it, not rumor, I think this is confirmed. I mean, the original script for God of War 3 was going to bring both the Norse and Egyptian gods pitted against the Greek gods in the three-way deadlock. I think that we'll kind of get to see that vision play out. That's what I'm I thinking. Think it'll in the next burn. series and series, it'll go years and years. That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be like an MCU type style where we're going to get like different sections. Right now yeah. we're getting our Norse mythology. Eventually we're going to get our Egyptian. Well, I think the series is, is it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to focus on Norse mythology with maybe some more hints to other cultures. Right. Maybe a direct cameo. And then the third game might be like the, the third game. In, I, if we have like a trilogy of Nor in the Norse era, the third one would be where the other... Uh, mythologies come in and then I think the new era personally this is my theory is going to be focused on Atreus as the main character right. in all cultures there won't be just one specific era like one specific mythology he's going to be kind of involved in all of them I mean, like all the Greek gods are dead uh, Roman's a little bit too close for Greek so I don't know if they'll portray on that yeah um, they're probably not going to pair on the Roman gods very much the Roman gods are the Greek gods exactly so, but um, Fighting, you know, Ra and, and uh, Anubis, yes. and Horus, yeah. and all those gods, and then getting to the main, their, I don't know the name of their main, you know, Odin or Zeus, but getting to him, as well as that mystery one, like, I, I, I'm not too versed in Japanese uh, mythology, and I, I'm not sure if they had too many, or a, a lot, not too many, but like a lot of um, gods as such, so to speak, as um, Norse. 
and um there there are a lot of gods there's some um, i know the the sun goddess amaterasu and the moon god sukiyomi they have some but is there enough to make a game out of also yeah. i think something that was interesting was that tier used the realm between realms to travel so i don't think we're done with that um Sorry. i was laughing at the part where um we were traveling in the realm between realms to get from one point of the map back to the main to Brock's, uh, to, uh, to Brock's uh, shop. main shop, and I, he said specifically, "Do not veer off the path." We didn't and know what to do. We didn't know that there was a door it was on the other side. Time traveling. We all we did it. Door, and we never saw the door. And eventually, we saw that you know uh, light door come up. And then uh, before before we got to that light door, I saw a ledge, and it said "Press X," and I was like, "Okay," so I pressed X. And we leaped off the edge and immediately died. And I yep. Was like, oh, we jump. We jump. This is. Are you sure? We jump. Yeah. Yeah, that was I, great. I, I'm glad that they put that in there. And you eventually yeah, do no, use no. that at the end of the game. You leap off, but. And, and yeah, and I I don't think we're done with it. Um, I think that maybe um there there's like a higher kind of tier of gods that maybe Odin was trying to discover. Maybe he was trying to become the or, ruler yeah. of all realms. Um, maybe he was, you know, trying to take Tyr's place as this explorer. Um, and, and that's something that I kind of see foreshadowing too, because the game encourages you to explore. Maybe we're going to, you know, explore other realms and take counsel with these, these other gods, maybe yeah. to end Odin. Maybe Odin maybe is trying to, end to... all gods of gods and let humanity decide its own fate. Yeah, maybe it's something to where, you know, the break gods... The chains, break so. the chain. Break yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're done with that, and I think maybe um, we could be exploring other realms too, and, you know, the, the gods that, you know, like, like Kratos has said, that need to be killed. Right. Yeah, we only self-defense, and then, you know... Up until that point, to where Atreus kills in cold blood, but we only kill to protect our own selves. We're not out there to just kill like Kratos used to. Absolutely, uh, Kratos from his past in trying to employ that um, new, uh, so to speak, discipline discipline into his son and himself. And himself to say we're not the bad ones. We are here to defend ourselves. We're just here to disperse mother's ashes as she wished. And now we're being, you know, deterred by all these other foreign, um, not foreign, but like all these other gods and, you know, people to, you know, not accomplish our task. And our task was, you know, askewed because of that. And we're trying to, you know, accomplish this one thing and it's just not happening because of all this other nonsense. And we have to play to their rules because we're in the realm. Right. And so all this can be segued into uh, video games. I mean, they tell such a beautiful story. I mean, we, we the, the story that can be told out of a video game that cannot be told into a movie is is ridiculous. I mean, we get with these side quests, these missions, just everything going on, and you've got your Witcher TV show, you know, but I bet it doesn't compare anything like the game. You know what I mean? There's another like, aspect to a game. It's like, it, 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 it can tell a story just as well as a movie, and even better, because there's that extra little mile you can go and, that and get you a, are the, dimension. You of. are the main character. You are controlling that character. You are yeah. controlling who you are. And so that is what makes video games so beautiful, and that is why we do these podcasts. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up a little bit here. We're, we're hitting, uh, we're running over the hour mark here. 
But um, uh, upcoming, you know, with Collateral Gaming, we are going to go ahead and do our 420 episode. It is 420 month, so this we're is. celebrating all month long. But All month. We're doing our 420 episode on Mario Kart 8. That's going to be Dakota and I. And then coming forward, we're going to go ahead and reveal our next one. Uh, Megan and Alan are coming back for Tomb Raider yeah. 2013. I'm excited for that one. Alan's never played this, so... The last time I played Tomb Raider was the Triangle Titties in PS2. <laughs> Triangle Titties, yes. It, it's a great game. I'm, I remember falling in love with it. Just like this game, it just hooked me in and I could not stop playing um, for a while. And I think I've played it at least twice over. And I'm, I've almost played all the way through it now. I, I'm going to probably, in preparation, play you know, the Rise and Shadow a little bit because I haven't finished those. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Tomb Raider. Um, we've got these guys coming back, hopefully in the flesh by that point. We'll see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for our 420 special on Mario Kart and then our next episode on uh, Tomb Raider. Uh, if you're not following Collateral Gaming on social media already, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I keep up with them uh, as best as I can. I, I could do a little bit better with the Twitter and stuff, but um, uh, we are uh, announce all of our news and, and whatnot and what's going on with our lives. We are also available wherever you get your podcasts at. We have Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are part of Chill Lover Radio. Also, make sure you listen to Collateral Cinema. I don't have Bo here to plug his shit, but um, we're going to be doing our, our next uh, episode on our movie podcast, Collateral Cinema, on Joker. Um, that should be out actually before this one is, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're also, if you haven't listened to the Collateral Gaming bonus round, that's a new segment we're doing. It's kind of replacing Collateral Gaming extras, and in a sense, we're going to have a more topical format. We have our first bonus round episode out already, and by the time I release this, we should have our second one out. Yeah. Um, we'll be doing more like top five and ten lists, um, random game reviews, and maybe focus on specific developers. We could throw indie game reviews in there, so stay tuned for that. We're going to start kind of releasing those in between our numbered episodes. So hopefully the idea is to have some kind of weekly or at least bi-weekly content of some kind. But other than that, you know, we look forward to um, going in the future. And we're super stoked to have Megan and Alan on board the team now, right? Woo! Yeah. We can pop some champagne when we can all not quarantine. <laughs> pop bottles. Do kids will say that? Or is that too too? Two two thousand. I don't know. Uh, also, um, I know Damn. that uh, that you boys are definitely home during quarantine. I am not, uh, but make sure to keep an eye out for the Twitch channel. Uh, we're gonna be trying to stream a lot more for sure. Definitely want to hang out with you guys and you know not just yep. listen to us, but hear us play and actually watch us play. Um, I think think that's something that'll definitely be cool to you know do in the future with you guys. So and, you know, yeah. if you guys, if enough of you guys out here smashing the like buttons and subscribing, we can definitely get ourselves built up and recognized to like get a little bit of merch for you guys. It'd be really cool to see our name out there with you guys. Smash just, that like button. <laughs> there you go. Smash that <laughs> like button. Hit that subscribe. Hit that follow. Yeah, though no, this is all stuff that we talked about, you right. know, just now. But we are going to start getting some merch out. And um, Alan and Megan have expressed interest in um, the streaming route, uh, particularly Alan. I know those. You know, you're kind of more of a social gamer. Uh, Dakota is as well, actually. Dakota plays a lot of Apex, and yep. you were playing Fortnite before yep. that, and Minecraft before that. So yeah, I play a lot of crazy games. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see you guys kind of throw out because I have no idea about streaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me and Dakota will probably definitely collab out there oh, yeah. and, and get our fucking our voices and our gameplay out there and, and you know you can guys see us you know play some a, a lot of different royale modes and games and versions and you know whatever whatever have you and we'll just we'll get out there for you guys and you can if you guys like our our content and our banter so to speak we'll definitely you know 
put more out there for you guys. Ash and I, I don't know. We'll probably try it out and, you know, maybe in a few episodes, we'll see how it goes. Um, I definitely <laughs> wanted to stream, so I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be, you know, actually official now. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to try it out. Ashley, we got we to gotta commit ourselves, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Me, me and Megan together, so we'll, we'll, you'll definitely hear her in the background if you just hear me, if you just see me in Dakota playing. Probably. And, and, and nail biting towards our, you know, you know, our top ten or top three, top five, you know, of our battle royales. I bite my thumb in your Guys, general direction. We're just gonna be playing a bunch of Mario Kart <laughs> and getting ahead and kind of catching up on some things. So right now we're quarantined. So feel free to throw me a shout. You know, uh, I'd be happy to be a part of a stream. At least right now, uh, I'm not gonna be busy at all. So definitely want to work on yeah. that. So. Can't thank you guys enough for jumping on board and uh, expressing interest in that because really I, I want to grow. I, I've always wanted to go in the Twitch direction. I just wasn't sure where to start. Um, the other thing is we are doing our Patreon content um, and working on, you know, retroactively some of our video podcasts. Um, we do have, um, the code and I have been actually working hard in quarantine on Zelda Breath of the Wild. We've almost got that done. We'll release our Zelda CDI. Yep. Um, and then we'll be doing a uh, Let's Play commentary probably on Spider-Man. So hopefully soon we can get all those out. Um, if you enjoy Collateral Gaming, please go uh, uh, hit us up on Patreon or, or wait until we have some content. and um, Or you can donate now. Just, just to, you know, We've got three tiers. Um, we're going to have those Let's Play commentaries or, or exclusive um, to our patrons. So stay tuned for that. The very first one, Fable 3, is free. The first episode of each playthrough will be free. But uh, yeah, other than that, guys, uh, what are your final thoughts... Megan. Oh, God. Um, my final thoughts, this was a beautiful game. Um, I loved the... Aesthetics. Aesthetics were great. The graphics were fantastic, um, especially coming from the last game. Um, I really fell in love with this story and this dynamic, um, this def definite um, parent-child development um, and, and their, their dynamic together, coming together as a family. Um, their cohesiveness. Yeah, I loved how they brought in the mythology. I loved how in depth we got, um, and and this was just honestly a great game for me. Um, especially if you guys are God of War fans, definitely check it out. Um, it, it's something it's that you're not. Yeah, you're not gonna expect it. It's gonna throw you for a loop. Oh, yeah. um, and it's it's good. Uh, definitely make sure to check it out and and if you're really. On the fence, Hopefully you haven't gotten this far in the podcast, but if you've been on the fence, just just go play it before you listen to this. Yeah, just, honestly, just even get it. we hope that we lead you in the direction. Um, I know that for me, as as a Kratos fan, I loved this development of this character, and I think if you're a fan of Kratos, you'll love it too. Fuck yeah, absolutely. And what about you, Alan? Uh, so my final thoughts are: well, number one, Dakota looks like he's working really hard on your like social media everything over there. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about this. I got the notes in front of me. I'm keeping the notes up. Um, seriously though, um, my, my final thoughts. Um, I've never really, I mean, being an outsider to this entire realm and to this entire gameplay and everything, like, I haven't played a PlayStation since PS2, and we're on four, and we're almost on five, so, yeah. you know, getting into this level and seeing this and playing, you know, a story mode game, which I've never even, I've never, okay, so I'm really a big story mode guy, or even delve into this realm of this chapter of this game any of the backstory, I didn't know much about it at all. I had Megan over here uh, 
teaching me a lot of things and schooling me, but <laughs> going into it and playing it, it was, it's really fun. The gameplay's fun. The, like she was said, to piggyback off of her, you know, the graphics are great. Like you could, yeah. I mean, Xbox One and PS4, the graphics superior, of course. Um, but uh, it was really fun and refreshing to take a break from, you know, just the typical, hey, are you online? I'm online. And just play something that was just so fun and just captivated your attention and your depth and knowledge. And, and you know, it taught you a lot of things that you didn't know about a lot of these realms, especially North, Norse, Norse mythology. And um, really just captivated your attention. And, and, and you've just grown to these characters and see the development and everything. It was just... It was really refreshing, and uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. No, absolutely. I think that, that we, I agree completely. And I guess to include my final thoughts, um, I feel as though this game was, uh, it caught me by surprise. I came into it, you know, I just finished Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Another one that it also kind of caught me by surprise. And so, you know, I was done playing it, and I was still kind of feeling it. And I started playing God of War, and I was like, Oh, oh shit, this is actually kind of fun. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting into this. And then you get to the point where it's like there's so much to explore, so much to do, and you just want to keep going. And I, I'm already on New Game Plus. I mean, I, I still want to keep playing it. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pull me off this one. Oh, oh man, this game requires, you know, it deserves multiple playthroughs. I honestly believe that. Yeah. Um, not only to go back in the story and pick some things up, because there's so many, like, missing pieces, like Baldur's dialogue with you um, takes on a completely different meaning when you take the ending into context. Yep. Um, seeing, you know, like, like we said before, phase touch everywhere in the world. Um, and also maybe, you know, if, if this is your entry point in the franchise, like, you know, like some of us here and, um, you want to go back and play the other games and then come back. It, it, there's lots of opportunities to do that. Uh, new game plus is really cool because there's a lot of actually new things that are in new game plus that yeah. are, uh, new equipment and, um, armor and 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 enchantments um that you can't get in the regular game it's the only way you can probably tolerate playing give me god of war oh yeah absolutely but um the you know hardest difficulty setting but yeah god of war is a masterpiece um i you know once again yes i was hooked i could not stop playing this game and that's saying a lot because when I started playing this game, I was also playing Star Wars, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, another game I was hooked on, and I, know, I, I it, thought it hard. The same thing with both me. of them, but I, I tried to, you know, stick by. Okay, let's finish Star Wars first, and then we'll do God of War. And once I got engrossed myself in that world, um, and you know, there was no stopping me, and I honestly felt like I was I was reaching, you know, the 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 highest peak in all the nine realms. Hey, um, it's a fucking great game. It's a masterpiece. Nope. Everybody Perfect. should play it. I honestly think that because um, if you consider yourself a gamer at all, right? Um, it, it, this this has to be worth checking out. It's absolutely worth checking out. It is yeah. beyond. It's become a top five game for a lot of gamers. I know there's a lot of them, you know, out there that I I'm friends with that you know they have those top fives that they talk about and they recommend to people. I think this is one that people should recommend to their friends that are PlayStation gamers. Um, just like Horizon Zero Dawn, I recommend a lot of my friends play that, especially during quarantine. It's a big story. Um, oh, yeah. I think this is a great game to kind of take yourself out of, you know, kind of tying up to the beginning of our podcast. You know, it's it's a way to escape what's going on right now. Escape it, it, the reality and just delve into this deep story that's really captivating and, and cultivating. And you can see the development of these characters that you, like you've never seen before, honestly. Yeah, it, 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 it's its own 
pedestal of a game. Um, and I definitely think it's it's packing a big punch. Um, I think it's definitely underrated just because of the predecessors. And uh, don't count out Kratos. This new Kratos is a, is a is a great character. He's a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Very worthy. Very worthy. I'm surprised we didn't play it sooner when it came out. Like, hey, I'm on surprise. He's he's worthy, right? I, I like how uh, I, I almost forgot to mention this: the Leviathan axe mechanics. A lot like Mjolnir. Like Mjolnir. There needs to be a Thor game with the same, you know, the same mechanic. Like, we'll see how worthy he is in the next one to see if he can pick up Mjolnir. Oh, that could oh, be cool. There you go. I don't know if that's a thing in Norse mythology, though. But it's Ragnarok, and that's typically yeah. in most Norse mythology, mythology and uh, and um, readings. I mean, there might be some skew or... or different versions or methods or translations of it but that's when he typically loses it and we'll see how he loses it yeah yeah that'd be really cool i'm excited to see what this uh there's definitely going to be a sequel and and i'm excited to see what what's coming All forward right. um with uh kratos and, and atreus's adventures so um i guess that's it guys so be safe you know uh yeah. appreciate your friends and your family yeah Catch up with us. Maintain your six-foot distance. Practice your social distancing at home. Wash your damn hands. Wash your hands. Don't hoard toilet paper. Yeah. After you're done washing your hands, make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. (laughs) Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We're definitely releasing a lot more content. We're excited. Super stoked for the content that's coming out and coming forward into season three, which is is in the works. We're already beginning to talk about it. So we're already thinking of what games we want to have and what we want to talk about. And we're excited to share that with the rest of you. So um, have a happy quarantine. And uh, that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. I'm Megan Gardner. And I'm Alan Gilman. This is Collateral Gaming, and we are out.
Everything is different, boy. This way, boy. Slow down, boy. 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 Look at me. Look at me, boy. Boy. Inside, boy. Boy. Beneath the floor. Boy. Here. Boy. Boy? You are in your head, boy. And we will go home, boy. No place for a boy. Come, boy. Now, boy. Come, boy. 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 Wait for me, boy. 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 Come, boy. Stay back, boy. There are no good gods, boy. Not our concern, boy. So how come Brock's blue and you're not? Boy. Ow! What is it, boy? No! Boy! Hold on, boy! Fight! Oh! Run, boy! You're nice, boy. Jump, boy! Keep shooting, boy! Boy! Mind your tongue, boy! Boy! Boy. Come, boy. Boy. Wait, boy. Steady, boy. Boy, check that path. Make sure we're all alone. Boy! Leave him, boy. We are leaving, boy. Everybody taught you nothing, boy. 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 This fight is mine, boy. Stay behind me, boy. Calm yourself, boy. Boy! Boy! The boy has fallen ill! Boy. I'm a god, boy. Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor. Boy.